What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Power Unit Success Cast. I am your host, Chasten J. Miles, and we are going strong in our Do the Most conference series. So what I am doing here on the podcast is I am giving you a taste of Do the Most. So our Do the Most conference where you get to learn from seven-figure experts how to skyrocket your net worth and create a thriving financial future so what we're doing on the podcast is we are letting you hear the do the most conference from 2022 since the 2023 conference is right around the corner april 19th and 20th in dallas texas and we do have virtual tickets this year so since the conference is coming up we figured it'd be a great idea to give you a taste and let you hear what the do the most conference is like and on today I want you all to hear from one of my close business partners and and friends, Miss um, Tyranny Jordan. So Tyranny is a powerhouse and she is very knowledgeable. She has ran her own real estate brokerage. She has a nationwide real estate team, well, international real estate team because her team has expanded into Canada. And what she shared last year was so great on so many levels and it was really about how you can create leverage within your real estate business. So whether you are looking to expand out into a team or you're a solo agent that just needs more time, she teaches how you can really create true leverage in your real estate business. And I'm excited for you to hear this. So I'm not going to continue to ramble on, but if you haven't gotten your ticket yet, go ahead and visit imdoingthemost.com. Again, that's imdoingthemost.com, and we'll also put that link here in the show notes and grab your ticket. So they're going to sell out. They always do every year, and um, I think VIP might be close to selling out. So go ahead, grab that ticket, and if you learn something on this podcast or there's some information that you feel like somebody else should know, please go ahead and share it. That's the only way that we can continue to grow this podcast and um, get get more listeners in here, get more lives changing, more transformations happening, all that good stuff. So nonetheless, here is Tyranny Jordan from Do The Most Conference 2022. My first job, so I, I went to college, I ended up getting pregnant my freshman year in college, got married, got divorced pretty quickly. Um, I moved back to Massachusetts for a short period of time because I didn't know what I was going to do with myself. Um, I ended up moving here because my ex-husband lived in Houston and I wanted my daughter to have a relationship with him. And I knew if I stayed in Massachusetts, they probably wouldn't have a relationship. I grew up without a father. I didn't want her to experience that. So I moved here. I ended up getting a job at a mortgage company. And I remember going in, applying. They had a position for a loan officer, which my potential income would have been significantly larger than what I was given, right? They ended up putting me in this entry-level data entry position, making $27,000 a year. They gave somebody unexperienced who looked a little bit different than I looked the position making more money. And I think just seeing that a lot of things weren't just given to me, right? Um, I had to go out and create opportunity for myself. It pushed me to want that it pushed me to have something big, right? Um, so this is me, and I 
ended up staying at that job for eight years, and I went from making $27,000 to $60,000 in eight years, so $30,000 increase, right? I started looking into real estate. I went to like an investor workshop. I met this guy who became my mentor. I started investing in property with one of my friends who had more money than I had, but I had the sweat equity to put in, right? I made $50,000 my first year doing the real estate investment stuff. So I was like, wait, one year, 50,000, compared to eight years, 30,000. This, like, I need to go. I need to go put my time into this, right? So I ended up leaving corporate America in 2005. Got, I ended up getting my real estate license and continuing to do the investment stuff um, in 2006. Got my broker's license in 2008. I, I did have a rough 10 years prior to things like turning for me. You know, so one thing I realized is life is like, it's, it, it comes in, it's like runs or seasons. I tell my daughters this all the time. They play sports and stuff. And I'm like, don't get down when things, when you miss a shot or things aren't going well, don't worry about it. Keep going because it's going to turn around. So my life turned. And I went from living in a one-bedroom apartment, dry, that wasn't my, that was my newer car. The car before that was a $4,000 Honda Accord that had a dent in the side. So I'm in a one-bedroom apartment. I'm not getting child support. I got a daughter. I really could, my credit was bad. It was bad for like 10 years. I'm divorced, right? I can't even really get my own apartment because my credit's so bad. I had my first apartment was in somebody else's name. So I really saw that real estate was a way to for me to have an opportunity to take my life to where I thought it should be. I remember when I was working, I was working long hours and not really getting much, and I was away, right? So from 2006, just to give you guys just a little picture, between 2006 and 2009, I got married again, 2006. My husband didn't have any kids, so I had four kids, four more kids, my first three years being an entrepreneur. <laughs> so when people say, it's hard, I can't do it, I, had, I went from having one kid to five kids. So my first three years, I was figuring it out. And I'm like, okay, time doesn't wait number one, for you to figure your stuff out. Your kids are gonna need you, right? They're gonna keep growing up. So I was like, I have to figure something out to be able to provide too, along with what my husband does, and also have time for my family. I don't wanna be so into this job thing, into my business, that I'm a slave to my own business. That's why I left corporate America in the first place, right? So I knew my finances need to be in a certain place. I knew my family needed me, and I, wanted, I needed money to be able to create that life that I wanted for my family. So um, there was a deal that happened that really changed my opportunity. So what I would tell you guys is, as you're growing, as you're looking to take your business to the next level, do every opportunity that comes your way. I would. I've sold $13,000 houses, right? This was a short sale that I worked for six months. And my client ended up going and putting money, um, non-refundable earnest money that I told her not to do, but she did it on the short sale. She ended up, we worked six months. She ended up not moving forward with purchasing that house. And I was so devastated because I had put 
my time away from my family with this lady to get this deal done. And I was just like, oh my goodness. So anyway, the listing agent ends up calling me a couple days later. And he said, you know, we worked that deal together. I know it didn't go through, but I'm really impressed with the way you worked. And I have an opportunity. So it was an opportunity to do REO properties. And that's when the market crashed, right? The market crashed in 2008. So I'm just getting busy. Like I'm just ready to go get it. And then the market crashes. He gave me an opportunity to represent this brokerage on everything south of 30 with all the REOs. I, so I went from like closing seven deals a year to closing seven to 10 deals a month with this opportunity. And it came through that transaction that was horrible, right? So you just never know what, when it's gonna turn, but if you continue to sow those good seeds, just know that you're gonna get back what you put into it, right? So that deal happened and then um, I saw the opportunity of what real estate could do for me and what it did for my life. And it made me passionate to be like, I gotta show other people how to do this. I wanna help other people create that life that they really wanna live, right? So that's where the whole team thing came for me. <clears throat> so, all right, let's start. So the first thing you gotta do if you're thinking about building a team or even just creating leverage in your business, it may not be a big, huge team, but working with buyers can be very time consuming. So if you wanna eventually bring in a buyer's agent or a showing assistant and you focus on the listing side of things, um, you can do that and that could be considered a team. But the first thing that you have to do is get clear on what you want your life to look like, okay? Because you, if you're chasing what I'm doing or you're chasing what Chasen's doing or anybody else, it's too difficult to keep that going. It has to be tied to what you really want. I'm gonna show you this mindset map that I use. Um, it's from a book called Psycho-Cybernetics. And basically, it's programming your mind to the life that you wanna live, right? So the first part of this mindset map is you set a clear set of principles to guide your development. Um, and you review that each day. The second section is your commitments. So I gave some examples like translate it into how much income you wanna make. Um, your lifestyle, get pictures. Like what do you, what's, what's the house that you wanna live in? What car do you wanna drive? Like get a picture of it, put it on this mindset map so you can look at it. So when you get up and you gotta put this time in and things get hard, you know this is what you're grinding for, right? This is what you're working for. Qualities, what type of agent do you wanna be? You know, um, what type of relationships do you wanna have? What's your mission statement? Um, and then books that you wanna read. So whatever your commitments are. The next section is your perfect day. So define what your perfect day looks like for you. The fourth section is your principles. So these are guidelines that you wanna follow, things that you wanna program in your mind so that you become intentional with these things. It'll eventually lead to an instinctual choice, okay? So like getting up in the morning. Like for me, my husband's a night owl, but I work, I, I feel my days go so much better when I'm up early. Like I need a couple of hours in the morning before my kids get up to take care of myself do my quiet time, get my workout in, journal, you know, read. 
If I don't do that at the beginning of the day, like my day doesn't go as well as it should, right? So write your principles down in that four section. And that will create your mindset map, okay? Look at that mindset map each day. And it took me time when I first sat down to create my mindset map. Take the time to put in to do it. I'm telling you, it will work for you. The next thing is um, how, so once you create that lifestyle, this is where I want to be. This is what, how I want to live. Th this is the house that I want. These are the vacation homes that I want. This is how I want my time to be spread out, right? This is my perfect day. Now, how much money do you need to support this lifestyle? That's the next thing. So it's not just, oh, I want to make seven figures, right? Um, what do you want those seven figures for? What is it going to do to support what? Define that for yourself. So as you're sitting down doing a financial plan for yourself, if you're thinking about building a team, <clears throat> so do your numbers first, right? How much money do I need to make for this lifestyle? Now, where is that money going to come from? Is it gonna come, do you, what are your money making activities right now? Is it just closing real estate deals? How many deals do you have to do to get that, right? Will it eventually include a team? If it includes a team, there's a financial structure to do around that. So one is, if you have a team already, you need to figure out what your per agent productivity is. So what's your average number of transactions you get per agent that's on your team? Most people, it's about 10 transactions a year on average, you can, you can count on for each agent on your team. So if you need to close 200 deals in a year, right, to make the amount of money that you wanna make, and you're gonna get 100 from your team, or you're gonna get 200 from the team, and you're gonna just manage, coach, mentor, build the business, that means if you're gonna get 10 deals per agent per year, you need 20 agents, right? So it's simple math. Now. Let's go to the next one. I want to do um, the young lady that I was sitting next to. I can't remember your name. And she's from New Orleans. Hey, can you do an exercise with me? Absolutely. OK, so she reached out to me inquiring about team, all right? So this is one important thing that you need to be able to do as a team leader. You, number one, you have to have the capacity to support somebody else's goals. Right, so her and I would sit down and we would talk about what are your goals? So essentially, I wanna know what type of life does she wanna live? Where does she see herself in the next three to five years? And can I incorporate her vision into what I'm doing, right? So that's the first thing. So I would have her do like a mindset map first. Then we would sit down and look at the financial piece, all right? So one question I would ask is how much money do you need to make to support that life that you wanna live? How much money would that be in the next year? Okay, so that's um, 120,000 a year, right? So we would take that 120,000 and I'd have her write that down. Can you write that down for me? It's already written down. Okay, so 120,000 a year, and then we're gonna add expenses too, right? So if she joined my team, she's gonna have broker expenses, she's gonna have a monthly fee. So those broker expenses annually are gonna be $8,000. So if you can write your $120,000 plus the $8,000, plus you're gonna have an $85 a month monthly fee with the brokerage. So 85 times 12 is $1,020 a year. So if you can add that. 
You're also going to have E&O insurance, which is $500 a year. And then you're going to have a broker review fee, and it's per transaction. So it's $25. If you want to make $120,000, if you can take what's 25, let's just say add another $300 a year to that. So what's the total amount that you need to make this year to support the life that you want to live and cover your expenses? So this is what you do when you sit down with people and you're talking about bringing them on, on your team. So let's round up to 130, right? Okay, so I would ask her, what's your average sales price? So your average sales price, I know you just moved here, but let's just say it's 500,000, okay? So 500,000, so now we're gonna figure out how much money is on the table per transaction for her, right? So 500,000 times 3% is 15,000, right? We're on my team, we have a 50-50 split. So if we take that $15,000, there'll be $7,500 per transaction on average on the table for you, okay? So now we're gonna take that $7,500 and divide it into the $130,000. And what is that? Okay, so let's say 18 transactions, is that right? Yeah. All right, so 18 transactions in the next 12 months will get you to where you wanna be. So now let's look at what that's gonna entail. All right, I do internet marketing. We're gonna talk about that. Um, I've been doing internet marketing since 2011, so we generate a lot of our business online, right? So we're gonna talk about how many people you need to talk to each day to hit your number. It's important, you guys. Clarity is key. If you don't get like anything else from my conversation, clarity is key with yourself and with the people that you get in partnership with, right? So there's no question about what we need to do to hit our goal for myself personally or the people that I've decided to partner with, right? So do you know how many people on average you need to talk to? Most people don't know this, so I'm not gonna pressure you to know, but I would say, do you know how many people you need to talk to to close a transaction, right? Typically it's 120 conversations lead to a closing, all right? So if you need to close 18, we're gonna take 120 times 18, how many conversations is that that you'll need to have over the next year. 2,100 in a year, right? So then what I would have them do, before I meet her, I would say I'd have her complete an application, a disk profile, the mindset map, and then I would wanna know how much money she wants to make over the next year to support that lifestyle, right? Um, so we're gonna take, I, I would also have her do a calendar and for her to tell me how many days she's gonna work over the next year. So I would want you to whip out your, if you have kids, your kids' calendars. That's what I do. So October, going into the next year, I sit down with my kids' calendars, the sports calendars, where we're going on vacation, and I plan out my whole year. Of course, it doesn't go always, it doesn't go exactly according to plan, but at least I know what I'm doing, right? So I would have you sit down, look at your calendar, and say, these are how many days I'm gonna work over the next year. Most people work about 200 days out of the 365. So if you take 200 divided into the amount of conversations, 2,100, how many conversations do you have to have a day? 10 conversations a day, right? So what we'll do, I'm gonna hold her accountable to that. So we're gonna be tracking these conversations and we're gonna have weekly check-ins. And we're gonna say, hey, do you still wanna make 130,000 if she's not 
making her 10 conversations a day? Do we need to lower your expectation in terms of how much you want to make? All right, so once you go through the plan and the, the financial plan, the life that you want to live, when you're established a team, you need to determine what type of um, structure you want to have for your team. Are you the brand? Like, have you established yourself so well that people are just coming to you because you've established your brand? And that's what you're offering to your team members. Are you a leads person? So are you generating that? I do leads, I have a brand, and I do coaching. But you could separate them. Um, and you'll determine your compensation structure once you figure out exactly what you're gonna provide. But for the most part, if you're running a team, you need to make at least 50%. Otherwise, it's not worth your time to take away from your money-making activities to help somebody else. Because remember, when you're helping somebody else, you're taking away time that you could go make money. And you don't have to pay 50% to them on that transaction that you do. So for it to make sense for you financially, it has to be something at least 50%. So where do you need leverage? So once you determine your team structure, where do you need leverage? What are you not good at? Right? <laughs> Figure that out so you can figure out who you need to bring in with you. Otherwise, you, if you just hire whoever, like a body, you're going to be real burnt out. I've had a team as large as 20 people. Now I'm building a different type of team, so I have over 500 people on my team all throughout the U.S., Canada, Mexico, and India. Um, so as you're creating opportunity for yourself, leverage the non-money-making activities first. Okay, so you still need to generate money, so don't leverage that stuff out first. As you're creating your document list, and I'm gonna share my document list with you guys, all of the tasks that are non-money-making activities, we can go to the next slide, but as you're thinking about bringing somebody on, and it could be like a VA, right? It doesn't have to be this major expensive cost for you. Now, your next step, once you get the paperwork in the, paper pushing stuff out of the way, right? You don't need to be a paper pusher. If you can close deals and go sell a deal, $500,000 deal, make 15,000, why would you do all the administrative stuff? Th that's a waste of your time, right? So next, once you get that under wraps, you need to start figuring out how to leverage the money-making activities. So I would say the first hire, the first leverage piece would be, you could either do a showing agent or a buyer agent. The buyers are more forgiving, they're easy, especially in this market, low inventory. They'll work with anybody who's gonna work, right? So you train your people, but don't give them the listings first, okay? Um, so these are the money-making activities, lead, prospect, lead prospecting, lead follow-up, going on qualified appointments, negotiating contracts, closing deals, and building your business. Make sure that's a money-making activity for you because if you don't take time to build your business and you're just always working in the business, you'll never be able to pull yourself out for a vacation, for time off, right? So lead prospecting, you can hire an ISA for that, right? You need to know who would be good as an ISA. An ISA is a person making phone calls, setting appointments for your team. So if you haven't familiarized yourself with the DISC, I think it would be a good thing for you to do as you're hiring people, and even as you know, as you're figuring out yourself, okay? So an ISA is somebody who has to have a high eye. 
Eyes are people people. They like talking to people. They're gonna be on the phones all day. They have to like that, right? So an IS, ID, IC is a good um, disc for them. Doing follow-ups. Follow-ups are where the money is really made, okay? If you don't have a follow-up system, I'm gonna show you mine, you're in trouble. You're not gonna make any money. You'll, make, you'll close a couple deals, and then you'll have three deals, and then you'll close a couple deals, so you'll probably close like six deals a year. That's what the average agent does, because they don't really have a follow-up system in place. Follow-up, your ISA can do that. So you can hire an ISA to prospect and follow-up for you. And that should be, like I said, ISIDIC is a good one. You don't want them high, high I though. High I is they can't stay focused. They're on the phone, they're talk, talking all their personal business, they're not setting appointments, right? You don't want that. So make sure they have some S or some D or some C in them too. <clears throat> um, all right, going on qualified appointments with buyers. So you could hire a buyer's agent for that. Your buyer's agent is gonna be similar to the ISA. <clears throat> Negotiating contracts. You can have a licensed admin, a licensed TC, or your buyer's agent um, to negotiate contracts, right? Going on qualified appointments. Listing appointments. That would be your listing agent. So listings are a little bit harder. DIs are really good for listings because they're they're not gonna take things personally. If they get a no, they're gonna keep going, right? The only thing about Ds is they may wanna take over your business. So you have to keep that in mind. Um, and then the build a business, that's you. You can't leverage that out, right? So this is a little cheat sheet for the disc. Um, it kinda tells you how to identify a C, a D, an I, an S. Um, Ds are direct, dominant. So if you're making phone calls or you meet a D and they're just straight bottom line to the point, that's a D. If there's somebody who's like, they smile all the time, hey, how are you? They want to like kind of build a personal relationship with you, that's an I. Um, the, the I's and the D's are fast paced. They're going to be moving fast. They're going to be talking fast, right? The S's and the C's are slower paced. So C's need details. So if you talk to somebody on the phone and they're like, can you send me your listing presentation before? Can I see all the numbers? That's gonna be a C. So you need to know these, not only when you hire people, but as you're going on appointments. Because I'm not gonna present the same way to a D that I am to an I, right? So your presentation should be different depending on what their personality style is, okay? Walk your people through that self-discovery process. I kind of did it live. Thank you for that. Um, so just make sure you take the time. This is the formula that I went through. So if you guys need that, um, that's the formula that I went through with her live. And then your hiring process. So I have, I make it, I make stuff as simple as possible for me, right? So I would, we just have like Google Forms for everything. So if somebody's thinking about applying, they're gonna fill out the application, right? They're gonna fill out the disc. They're gonna do this whole process that we went through, the mindset map. So it's all like automated for me. It's not something that I have to work a whole bunch. Um, this is a sample of some of the questions that are on my application for new agents who I'm thinking about hiring to the team. And then um, I have my 
admin do my initial phone screening, so I'm not involved in that piece. And these are some of the questions that they ask. And then once they get through that whole process, then last I'll interview them. All right, so it's very important that you have a system in place for training. 10 minutes, okay. Um, so this is a sample of our onboarding and training system. And it's very clear on what we expect for people to do. They have to get a professional photo. Um, this is more stuff. They have to announce their affiliation with the team, um, update their mobile settings in our system, edit their profile. Um, and then they have training that they have to complete and we test them on the training. So we're making sure they actually did the training, okay? And then they have to turn in a checkoff list to say when they did the stuff. So they date it and they turn that in. And they have to learn our system. So we have a CRM, which I hope all of you have a CRM. Even if you're an individual agent, you can't keep everything up here. So that CRM should help you to stay in contact with your people and close more deals. Um, so they have to learn our CRM and they have to do a test on that as well. And then they have to learn how we manage leads. So we document everything. I have a whole video library um, of me like making live calls that they have access to, me running numbers. So I have to individually do that with everybody I hire to the team, right? Watch this video on how to run numbers. So take the time to document what you do and if possible, record it so that you can show people because it's a lot easier for somebody to watch a video than for them to just read something. So they, this is our sample um, of, of how they work our leads, what our expectations are. So when they put notes in our CRM, this is what we want the notes to look like. This is the structure of a call that you should have. This is the information you should gain from a conversation. Like when I talk to people and I'm like, um, what's, their time, what's their current situation? When do you think they're gonna do something? I don't know. You talk to them for 20 minutes, like about what, right? So making sure we're very clear and transparent on what the expectation is. Um, this is more, so we define our leads. What is a hot A, what's a hot B, what's a qualified? We have a clear definition, so we all speak the same language on the team. And then how to manage the leads. So as I said, the money is made in the follow-up. We can't just get the hot people, everybody would do that, right? But there's not that many people. It's like 30% of people are ready to go now. The rest of your business is gonna come from that follow-up. So this just defines, our. It's, there's clear expectation on what to do with a hot A, best practices, how to handle the other categories, um, and then our scripts. So we don't want people to be robots, but we wanna make sure we're following the same structure of a call. All right, so some additional systems you'll need when building a team is marketing and advertising. So how are you gonna get yourself and your team in front of more people, right? A transaction management system, that's easy. There are companies that do that all the time. It's not a fixed cost up front, so it's something that you could pay at closing. System for financials, even if it's just a spreadsheet, that has your, your P&L, right? Simple. Uh, team success. So we have like a feedback loop, we have a cash talk question, uh, questionnaire to go through with people, um, your follow-up system, and then team number tracking. I'm not gonna know how I can help somebody if I don't know their numbers. I'm not gonna know that. 
So I don't know if it's you're just not making calls or the lead system needs to be adjusted, right? If you're making a ton of calls and you're not getting a lot of people, you might need to switch up your lead source, right? So the numbers are gonna tell you where the holes and the opportunities are for growth. All right, so if I were marketing and advertising and building a plan, which I do, I would focus on the listings, right? I'm gonna show you some of the things that we do on the listing side. So we're providing modern solutions for people online. So find the perfect agent, sell directly to us, get a cash, all cash offer on their property, um, or buy before you sell, right? So these are some things that you could do um, to offer to people to use you when they're thinking about selling their house. Incorporate video into your marketing. Um, so if somebody consumes at least three seconds of your video, you increase their purchase choice intent by 40%. If someone consumes at least 10 seconds of your video, you increase their purchase choice intent by 72%. If your website features video content, you're 53% more likely to show up on Google's first page of search results. So that's your secret weapon as you're marketing, make sure you have video included. Um, <clears throat> you can use a keyword tool planner. We use keywords to determine our domain names that we purchase down to how we're marketing to people. So it's gonna tell you the competition, how many people are searching for that, what the cost per click is. Like Chasen said, we have resources, we all have the same resources, right? Make sure your team works smart, right? You have a short window of opportunity. That big um, bar is for somebody who responded to a lead within five minutes. The other one is for someone who responded to a lead within 10 minutes. Make sure your team calls more than twice with the follow-up. You have a 90% chance of getting somebody on the sixth call compared to like the first call. Most people only call twice. Um, make sure you track these numbers. So this is a sample of how we track our numbers each day and we put everything in Google Sheets. And when you hold your people that you're in partnership with accountable, they're almost 80% more likely to accomplish your goals because of that accountability. <clears throat> this is our weekly recap that we do, so feel free to take a picture of that if you'd like. Um, and then time blocking is a non-negotiable. So my team turns in their schedules each week. Um, we use GroupMe and they just post it to the whole team. You're 91% more likely to accomplish your goals when you have a schedule. And if people don't fit with you, let them go quickly. Because you kind of know. I mean, you don't know everything about people, even if you do an extensive interview process. But if you see that it's not a fit, they could mess up the whole, your whole team. And then lastly, understand that Rome wasn't built in a day. Like, I, like Jason said, he had been 10 years building, right? Same thing with me. You know, be, have grace with yourself and know that if you continue to sow good seed into your business and continue to put the time in, you will see a return. Um, but don't be so hard on yourself. Know that things will turn around. I see people quit too early. 